So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you do it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some of the intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that comes along with that. Inspiring music, charming children at children's time, and then occasionally, as you might have noticed, we get a little overwhelmed with our own lives and don't get a chance to record. So if you show up at church, you don't need us to record every week. Amen. You'll actually be there. The last thing that we won't be able to give you through a podcast are the cookies that we generally share after service every week, but we will give you what we can, even if it's a little late. (laughs) I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So, some Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we just hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we have to say or not. That's not to say we don't care what you think. Uh, But we don't expect that you'll agree with us. We want you to figure out what you think. And our hope, our sincere hope, is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, Chris. So, what, what date are we on? April what? We're, 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 this is the sermon I preached on April 15th. This is the sermon we preached on April 15th, tax day. And it is currently July 16th. So, we're playing a little catch up, y'all. Yep. So, we're hoping that we will get caught up here. That Sunday is the second... Two Sundays after Easter. Second Sunday after Easter. And in the lectionary, we're we're talking about um, the different experiences of Jesus after the resurrection. So we have a few weeks where we just keep talking about the resurrection and talking about that same time period of the day it happened. And then the disciples saw this and then they experienced this and then they heard that. This group was experiencing this while this group was experiencing this kind of... And then they got together to compare notes. Right. So this, on April 15th, it was Luke 24, 36b through 48, which is the road to Emmaus. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. It's one of my, it's, it's one of those fun ones because you're like, just, it just seems like, oh, Jesus is playing a fun joke. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha. Ha ha. But, um, but also, it's life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, it's, it is life. It is life. So how I approached it was, I am fascinated by the fact that we must pass people we know all the time. That's like one of my least favorite things though. (laughs) Like showing up at the grocery store and like somebody you see there is somebody that you see is out of context of someplace else. And you're suddenly like insecure about the fact that your shopping cart is full of Chips Ahoy and milk. Yeah, well, you know, I'm more more thinking about the six degrees of separations, right? Like the the, the connection stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like connection with someone or cross paths with somebody without even realizing it. Like I think of my friend Heather, Heather Bales and I were at the same Lilith Fair concert six years before we met each other. Yeah. Right? Like, uh-huh. and you're just having the conversation. And that concert was in Pennsylvania. And we were in California by the time we met. Yeah. Right? Or the woman at a clergywoman's gathering who I was talking with her and it discovered that she had dated a guy I used to babysit. Wow. Right? And you're just kind of like... That's a fun one. That's just kind of a random... In high school, my parents and I did a big round-the-country trip, and we were at the uh, we we're at the Air and Space Museum in Washington D.C. 
and we turn around and there's the pastoral couple from the church down the, the, the Methodist church in, the road. in, in Oroville uh-huh. and, and their daughter. And we're all in the air and space museum at the same time, at the same time and didn't in know the same place in the air and space museum, same place and yeah. at the same time. And cause like, that's a huge museum. And that's how I felt about it. I was in the Nebraska airport and I turned around and Greg Berquist was there. Right. Exactly. Like, and it's like, well, you're my boss. Why are you California? here? Why are you here? here? It happened here in Reno that I was getting Starbucks one morning and I turned and there's a woman I knew from a friend from college uh, who I didn't know, you know, you know how you lose track of people. And, of course. Um, but I was like, Julie Ardell. And she's like, Susan, what are you, you know, doing yeah. here? And literally... I had just moved to town, uh-huh. and she was literally picking up a Starbucks to drive to, away from town. To drive away, to drive, to drive away from town. We would never have like known we over we overlapped. overlapped. And those are just the times that like I know about, right? Yeah. Like, how often have we? I often wonder how often me and my friends show up in people's vacation photos in Japan. Like, right? We're walking around at Disneyland or Yosemite the, or like or one of wherever. those, like the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. And there's a friend of mine in Japan looking at somebody's vacation photos and going, oh my gosh, that's that's Chris, my friend from, yeah. you know, wherever. Or, or like every so often, like Facebook will do this like, oh my God, they they were in this, th- these two people who eventually got married were kids at the, and, and they were at the same vacation spot at the same time with their families. Thanks, right? Facebook. Because- I saw something the other day on Twitter that was like a person saying, Two of my friends were dating for a long time and broke up and are with new significant others and have blocked each other on Instagram. And they have both gone on trips with their new significant (laughs) others to the same place. And we're all just watching. The same tiny island in Greece or something. I know, right? And we're all just watching with bated breath to see if they run into each other (laughs) on Instagram (laughs) instead of like talking to people. But it's it's that same thing of, wow, it's a small world. It is a small world, right? In Spanish, it's el mundo es un panuelo, which means the world is a handkerchief. Like it's that small, you know, it just fits in your pocket. And so, you know, how many other times does that happen? How often do we pass others unawares? Have I just had my eyes closed? Mm. You know, like I'm not, you know, sometimes I think we probably attentive to things and we're just not in the moment. Right. We're somewhere else. Or if you're me, you're pretending to be someplace else. It's like, people, just stay in your category, will you? Right, right. Just well, and that, that actually like leads to my next story. And that is that there's a... There's an episode of the Three Stooges <laughs> where Curly cries, Mo, Mo, I can't see. Uh-huh. And Mo replies, What's the matter? And Curly says, I've got my eyes closed. Oh no. <laughs> right? Which is such a silly, right? Yeah, like it's, of course it's, it's, it's the three, three Stooges, Stooges, right? But we, we wander around with our eyes closed. Yeah. We do it all the time. I can't see you. You know, like the little kids who hide mm-hmm. by in just the middle of the room their, by covering, covering their, their eyes. eyes. Yeah. I still do that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> my, my nieces get real upset when I do that. I'm like, okay, it's my turn to hide. I just cover my eyes. And they're like, no, that's not how you do it. And I'm like, I can't see anything. You can't see me. And they're like, ugh. Oh. Auntie KK. <laughs> You're the worst. You're the worst. Yeah. So when we hear this story of the road to Emmaus, and the story of Simon and Cleopas's encounter with Jesus. It's the story of a couple of guys who are wandering around with their eyes shut, oblivious to the wonder around them. And they're walking away from Jerusalem and away from the, you know, they, they're like, okay, can't handle this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away, walk away from the situation, walk away from the da- da- danger. And they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which is only like seven 11 miles. miles seven 11 miles. miles. It's not very, I mean, it's a nice hike, but it's not. It's a, it's a day trip. Right. 
And at some point, they're joined by this stranger. And they can't see that it's Jesus. Now, the text, of course, gives them the out, right? They were blinded. Sure, yeah. Sure, right? Mm-hmm. They were, anytime you see a passive verb in the Bible, by the way, like it, it happened to them almost. Yeah. Like um, Pharaoh's heart was hardened right. or something. Yeah. That's supposed to denote God's action. So right. they're sort of throwing it back on God saying, well, God didn't let us understand that it was Jesus. But right. Probably they could have. <laughs> probably they could have, right? They're kept from knowing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way the story is told, Jesus is also playing dumb. Right? Oh, yeah, like, no, Jesus is just... Like, so So what's what, what are you guys all upset about? What are you talking about? Huh? Yeah. What's that? Who's this Jesus fella? But it allows us and, you know, allows us to hear where the disciples are struggling. Like, mm-hmm. they thought this was the Messiah, and they thought this was prophet. And then they hear that some of them saw Jesus, and they just can't, you know... The, does yeah. not compute. They can't process it. They just can't process it. And they can't see where God is in the midst of these events because they're walking around like Curly, right? Yeah, well, they're traumatized. They're, they're going, right. oh my gosh, everything that we know is wrong. It's gone. Yeah. Like, the, my hero is dead. And then all of my friends are losing it, too. Right. Because like, they're, they're claiming I, they saw the guy. What are we supposed to do now? They're hallucinating. Right. I need to get away from these people and keep my sanity. And right. then it turns out they're seeing things, too. Right. And, and Jesus' response to that is to sort of lock them through. Like, okay, this is what the prophets used, you know, this is how we understand what the prophets did before. And this is how they understand what they were saying. And this is, and and even in the midst of that, they can't see. Yeah. Because. Well, they begin to understand, I think a little bit. And it's, it's almost like you don't know what you already know. Right. Like, like, it's like like, all education is just organizing information you've already got. Right. And so it's sort of Jesus is organizing their education, organizing their information so that they understand. Right. Where um, where they are in computing all of this, right? And but it's still a process, right? Yeah, they're of still course. Like, they're it takes still, them like, a minute. Connected. They're still and they're still. I think they're also still going. Ah! It's one of my favorite, like, kind of cascading moments of understanding that's so visible. And I love the way she wrote it. Is it's in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Deathly yeah, Hallows. Deathly Hallows. Yeah. And this moment of understanding comes for Harry, where like all of these pieces that has taken him right. months to compile start to click, click into place, place at the yeah. same time, and so. It's not a eureka moment for him in as much as he already had the information. Right, right. It's like but it just, understanding it. Like like it and sort putting of, it in the right order. Like and, putting and it in the right order. the book, you're be, you're the way she wrote it as the reader, we're also beginning to do that. Yeah, you you can't really put it together before you get to that moment. Right. And, and then, so when you get to that moment and even then she sort of holds back and she she lets him understand something that you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then later you figure it out too. Yeah. But yeah. it's this great image. I'm not going to tell you what he's understanding because if you haven't read the book, then... You need to go read the book. You need to read the book. But if you haven't read the book, you're not going to care. <laughs> so, uh, but we wouldn't want to be the people who spoil it for but you. But there's these, okay? these cascading moments of understanding. And I'm like, I've never seen anybody write about that experience right. before. And I love it. And that's where that's where Simon and Cleopas are. They're, they're sort of like in this like place you know, of, of, of rearranging, of realizing that little thing that seemed unimportant is important and and that thing that was most important is not as important right Right. i mean like there's some shifting of value and some shifting of understanding and and it is in that that their minds are opened right like that they they finally open their eyes so that they can see and obviously i'm not saying you know they couldn't see with their eyes but you know sometimes we have to like like the way we interpret things right you have the experience where you you're in the midst of a situation and you think it's xyz Mm -hmm. and really when you Stop look back think, on it. Look back on it, or 
illuminating conversations with somebody, right? Just like they're having with Jesus, Mm -hmm. where you go, oh, this is really about ABC. Yeah. There's a great quote that I can't remember because it's in a coloring book that I left at somebody's house. (laughs) It's basically like a friend is someone with whom you can think aloud. Right. And I forget who said it, but it's like they're thinking out loud. Right. And as they're thinking out loud, things click into place. Right, right, right. It's perfect, yeah. And so they come to a fork in the road, right? Not a real one, but like the metaphorical, you know, we have to choose, do you go left or do you go right, where we may not see what's next or how God could get us out of the mess we're in. Mm-hmm. And yet we have to go forward. Yeah. And Simon and Cleopas are in that situation. And they've kind of chosen one road. road Simon but, and Cleopas. Simon and Cleopas, right? And that's Cleopas and his companion. Continue. <laughs> are you going to go left? Are you going to go right? Are you going to go left? Are you going to go right? Jesus has died and, and the stories of the empty tomb and there's a story of the meeting of Mary House of meeting the angel. We don't know what's around the corner, what, where the distress is. You know, you know, we know they are in distress. Or when the shakeup will settle. Or when the shakeup will settle. Which yeah. is another thing, right? Like when you're in that crisis moment, it seems like the crisis moment will last forever. forever right? Because you cannot see beyond it. And then they break bread. Jesus Uh has joined them and they break bread at the end of this journey. And and, it clicks. And it clicks. One of my favorite parts of the story is that it doesn't click through the intellectual exercise. Yeah. It clicks in that embodied moment of companionship. Right. Right. And like, I mean, if there was ever an image of relationship trumping doctrine, that's it. That's it. And that all the things we think are meaningless unless it actually transforms. The only words I can give to that experience are awe and wonder. There's all the brain tumbles and and workings, but awe and wonder is where it comes together. Yeah, because if you're terrified and defensive, you're mm-hmm. not going to be processing mm-hmm. well. Yeah. You have to sort of, I mean, there's an exercise that they do with kids who've experienced trauma where they sort of picture themselves putting their emotions in a box uh-huh. and then opening a closet door uh-huh. and putting the box on the top shelf of the closet and then turning off the light in the closet and closing mm-hmm. the door and locking it and then considering their problems because... The idea is if you can compartmentalize your emotions, then you can right. have a little bit more objectivity to deal with what's going on instead of just reacting to right. things, right? And so it's almost like they have to get the trauma out. Right. They have so to do that, the process. So that they can be open to what's actually happening. So they're not defensive and they're not scared and they're not, you know, an- anxious about the future. They can just sort of be present. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, this is what it's about. Right. And I think that that's where they're at. They're like, oh, all of that is, we've constructed this conversation mm-hmm. that allows us to put it in perspective and then we can allow the awe and wonder in. Yeah. Come at it from a place of thankful inquisition to bring curiosity and gratitude right. instead of fear and fear and worry. Fear and worry. That's, that's the thing I think that we need to take away from this, that we can't get stuck. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to allow ourselves the ability to process things in a way that allows us that space for awe and wonder the calm serenity that that's what brings us into the next phase and i really want to be clear that awe and wonder isn't always gorgeous no it's terrifying i mean there's a reason why awful and awesome come from the same same root root, right because i mean i think about like like those moments that we can easily identify with that are awe and wonder you know the birth of a new baby Terrible and terrific. Terrible and terrific, or like that sunrise that makes you and sunset that makes you stop in your tracks, mm-hmm. right? Like those are moments of awe and wonder. Um, but also, you know, Syria was in the news, and so it's like you know, 
that also gives me awe and wonder. And awe and wonder moves us. It doesn't, we don't just sit with awe and wonder. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to sit with the things that are bugging us and the, you know, the problems and the, right. But awe and wonder is what moves us from the path we were on to the path we should be on. Right. And from being overwhelmed into action, purpose. How we see that in this story is that in the awe and wonder, Simon and Cleopas jump up and run back to Jerusalem. Yeah, they run back to the chaos. Right, they go, oh, we're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in the chaos. Yeah. And with such with, with such conviction that they must do it immediately. Right, well, and having experienced the trauma and seeing the other side, they realize they have something to offer right. the people who are still undergoing the trauma. Right. Like, we can not just give them more wounds. Right. We can show them where the healing starts. Right. And what's, you know, fascinating about that is that they're doing that in the midst of, you know, when we think about the whole story, is that they're, they're not the only one that's happening to. Yeah. That we get, we begin to get these other stories of Jesus appearing and, and, and make, helping people do that work. Right. And when we do that in community, when we take the awe and wonder. When you get some critical mass, right? right. Then it's everybody sort of moves over at the same time. Yeah. Like you can sort of move forward together as community instead of, well, I'm an individual. I've been fixed. So I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Right. It's like, you know, help your community move forward. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's what we talked about. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks, Susan. Thanks, Chris. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday morning sleep in podcast after our delay. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about, you can shoot us an email. We're sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com. That's where our entire archive is. You can listen to every episode. You can see links to all the stuff that we talk about. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's both awesome and, and awful. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Terrible and terrific. terrific. The scripture for this podcast is Luke 24, 36b to 48, and there will be a link to that scripture on the archive as well. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher. By Jazzer. And we end every podcast with a with a sending forth a blessing, a um, a reminder of what we have been talking about and um, a way perhaps to take it into the world. And so my homework for you, my sending forth for you is to to have those conversations so that you might enter into awe and wonder and that awe and wonder might pull you forth and pull your community with you into the things that God is about. Pull up your socks, it gets better. It gets better. Amen. Amen. <laughs>